1: Hi Eden, hi Ione, and uh, hello to the listeners. Welcome to the Polyester podcast. I'm Ione and I'm the founding editor-in-chief of Polyester Zine, and the author of Poor Little Sit Girls and my cat is also sitting here who you can't see but
2: he's staring right in my face. He's really staring deep into your soul. Yeah. Then. He's like okay tell me more about the part. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm sorry and I'm, <laughs> I'm distracted now. I'm Eden and I'm the managing editor of Polyester and the co-host of this podcast.
1: This is The Sleepover Club, a feminist pop culture podcast we pull
2: apart the hashtag
1: discourse in the hope of making some sense of it all.
2: Before we get started, please like, rate, review and subscribe. Do we have any reviews? We do and it's a long one today. Um,
1: So five stars fangirl. Love this podcast. I work from home three days a week and I've been stuck in a mindless true crime rut listening to podcasts about murderers and scam artists, the constant barrage of violence and scandal becoming a strange dulcet lullaby, which I'm barely even paying attention to. It's my weird white noise. I loved listening to the episode The Death of Nuance and feel this podcast has given me inspiration to change my listening habits for the better and seek out some more stimulating conversation, which is thought-provoking without being stuffy or pretentious. This particular episode got me thinking about which media I'm consuming at a surface level and which media is causing me to think more critically, and the difference between the two. Which films are constructed from click data and feeding my just-let-people-enjoy-things mentality, and which films break that mould and cut through the white noise we are so accustomed to. And also those confusing middle-brow productions, which have been giving me a sense of confused unease, but now I realise this uncanny valley of an algorithm impersonating high art. Thanks, guys. Love to listen. That's from listener eleven in Great Britain.
2: Thank you. Aww, thank you. That's so
1: nice. I feel like that's also quite relevant to what we're talking about.
2: It's very relevant to what we're talking today, about
1: today. Yeah. Which is Britney, free Britney, post-free Britney. What's happened since? We never did a free Britney episode, but you know the cycle hasn't stopped, unfortunately. So we are talking about it today and the latest, like, kind of just how more how people are reacting and like how the kind of cult of her fandom has changed and like converged since obviously campaigning for her freedom from the conservatorship which Mm -hmm. was obviously a really good thing
2: yeah okay where are we starting Eden I guess I mean the most recent thing that's happened with this is Brittany was uh in the news over the weekend supposedly having a meltdown in a restaurant Mm -hmm. which then just begs the question like have we not learned anything
1: right so it was like her being filmed on a phone camera by someone who was in the restaurant and she's kind of holding the menu above her face and talking to the waiter probably telling the waiter to get the person to stop filming and she looks like not done up because she's just having dinner like celebrities don't just walk out the house completely done up do you know what i mean Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and yeah tmz posted it saying she was having a meltdown but i feel like this that tmz article is kind of like in a culmination of things so a month ago or whatever Perez Hilton posted a video saying that like something really dark was going on with Britney and that like it was worse than we could ever expect but like Mm -hmm. obviously it was being really clickbaity and like not giving details or anything I mean fuck knows if he actually knew anything and then Dumois posted like similar kind of cryptic things being like oh yeah it is bad but it's not what any of the TikTok conspirators think
2: I mean, bear in mind, Price Hilton is the man who's fucking made a name off the back of, like, women's fucking trauma. Fuck that guy. He probably doesn't know anything. Like, why is he acting like he's, like, part of the inner sanctum of Britney? it,
1: he's just trying to, like, retain relevance still. And also, okay, this kind of ties into my point. So when me and Eden were talking about doing this episode, what we want to talk about mainly is about how, like, TikTok is kind of empowering the every man, the every woman, the every them Mm. to become kind of like tools of surveillance and to put these theories about Britney and women in the media under more of a microscope that kind of brings us back to the culture of the early noughties like the culture in which we saw Britney have that first breakdown where she shaved her head the culture that saw you know Lindsay Lohan being ripped down that saw Amy Winehouse being ripped down all of these people and then when that happened Perez Hilton obviously was condemned for like years a decade whatever he went on Big Brother here in the UK yeah. and like absolutely got ripped because he was an awful person oh and God, then he, he went evil. away again yeah but now suddenly like people are just accepting him back into the fold and i think it's because so many people are replicating his behavior on TikTok now
2: yeah it's very true yeah everyone's got their own angle on what celebrities are up to but i guess well when press was first big he was a big fish in a small pond. Yeah, and now everyone's um, now everyone's like a small fish in a big pond. But everyone can have something to say if they want to.
1: And he's the blueprint in a way. Like even even pe- I feel like my point here is that even people that would denounce Paris Hilton as being like scummy or like yeah awful or exploitative or like blah 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 blah. A lot of those big accounts participate in this behavior that is just as bad. So like my TikTok for you page, I don't know about you Eden or the listeners, even though I do not engage with this content, is consistently filled with stuff about Brittany. from like a lot of the time, the same few accounts. Like I get Kardashian ones and I get Britney ones um, and it's like the green screen someone talking to the camera and then it's being like look here's the like fuzzy line between her hair and the background on the blinds so therefore she's obviously been green screened into this video and it's not actually her Britney has a body double is what some people are saying some people are saying that like Paris Hilton and Selena Gomez and all of the people that were at her wedding are in on it and there was a whole body double for her wedding that Sam, her husband, has her under a conservatorship again, or, like, some
2: people are even saying she's dead. did someone say, the, the one in the background of the video, she was cardboard cut out? Yeah. <laughs> like, do you think people would go to the effort of that?
1: They just wouldn't post. Exactly, and, like, people are saying, oh, she's obviously, like, not in a private jet here, or, like, not wherever, or not wherever, or wherever, or wherever, and it feels like they feel like they're doing some sort of righteous job to try and, like, free free Britney. But really, it's, like, just sharpening the surveillance that is on mm. Britney's life anyway, when, you know, she probably... Well, she undoubtedly is in recovery from, like, being in a conservatorship for so long, having no freedom. Do you want to talk through your research about how her family actually surveilled her during that time?
2: Yeah, this... I couldn't believe all this... I mean, I guess I can't, can't believe it, like, knowing what we know now, but... All the stuff that um they did they did to her. So there's something in the New York Times about the surveillance apparatus, apparatus apparatus? that surrounded Britney Spears. So her dad hired a security firm called Black Box, who then they did something where they did something on that on like an on the iCloud, so basically they had another phone that had, was basically her phone. So they read every single message, every single email, recorded every single conversation that she had. For like I think it was nine years they did that for. But the guy that was doing it Basically, said that it was so her dad could control every aspect of her life. But said it really reminded me of someone that was in prison, and the security was put in a position to be prison guards for Britney. Essentially, Mm -hmm. in 2020, they prepared a threat assessment report, which included background information on big Britney fans in the free Britney movement. So they were basically watching them because they thought all these people were high risk, and they were extremely nervous because they had no control over the Free Britney movement and what was going to come out of it. So they were also tracking people in the Free Britney, like the big people in that, like tracking their emails and like surveilling Britney fans and stuff. And Mm -hmm. the person that ran the Free Britney Twitter account, which is fucking crazy. Yeah. It's like a fucking secret spy military operation. And it must have cost so much aside from anything else as well. and and it's paid for with her money.
1: Yeah. And like, aside from all of that, now she's out of that, it's like... Okay, she's out of that, but now she has the entirety of TikTok, like analysing every single Instagram caption. Like I remember reading a caption, like watching a TikTok where she put up a caption about her wedding, and people were literally pulling it apart, like, this means she wasn't there, this means she was trapped in the back all day. This means this. This means that. And I think it's really interesting this kind of culture that has sprung up on TikTok of kind of pulling apart conspiracy theories and talking about celebrities in this way because obviously we touched on it on Instagram but not in last week's podcast episode about Miley Cyrus's new single and it's like she's wearing the suit that Liam Hemsworth wore when he told her to shut up on a red carpet yeah she's in the house where he cheated on her 14 times none of it's verified it's just a suit it's just a house literally and it's like okay maybe that is symbolism whatever but it's like it's not I don't know and then I feel like where these accounts are getting mixed up or the way that people like indulge in them without so much guilt is a because they're normal people. So Brittany has responded to the TMZ video with a Instagram post, basically like saying, fuck you for talking about me like that. In so many Mm -hmm. words, you can see if you want. And then there's like rumors circulating on Twitter that I'm not sure how true they are that TMZ has been reported to the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC, for distorting news about Britney Spears, which TMZ also did about Amber Heard, by the way, just as a sidebar. But individual TikTokers are not held under the same scrutiny as this. So like if you're a person or like a normal person, a non-celebrity on TikTok, you can literally say whatever you want. Like they're even less... um, regulated than Paris Hilton because Paris Hilton has a website and is like I mean as you know as low as he is he is kind of an established member of the press in some mm-hmm. sort of way now I don't know loads about American law in terms of press and what you can say and what you can't say but it does feel like TikTok has just completely fly under the
2: radar of it because mm. there's no uh there's no control yeah Or there's no, like, fact-checking. I guess there's a little bit of fact-checking. But I feel like on Instagram, stuff comes up saying this this information in this post might be false. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't do that on TikTok, I don't think. And I think just the sheer volume of videos that are on that site, just, like, imagine if you're Britney and you went on that. You'd be so overwhelmed. After a lifetime of being surveilled and picked apart, you then go into this thing and then everyone's also doing the same thing to you. Mm
1: -hmm. And exactly, and I think it just contributes... To a culture of how we view people, not just celebrities, but like women and marginalized people, where it's like we feel as though their lives are fair game for us to pick apart. Mm -hmm. A commodity. Yeah, a complete commodity.
2: Yeah, it's so depressing. Leave Britney alone.
1: Exactly. And also, just if you're the type of person that thinks that like denounces Y2K, Heat Magazine, Daily Mail, journalism, then shouldn't be engaging with this type of TikTok because it is bad and I feel like that's another way that this stuff flies under the radar right so there are actual decent accounts that like analyze celebrity culture through the lens of theory or through the lens of like culture past or like links things to then and now like obviously Kardashian Colloquium is a really good example of that and there's loads and loads of others which actually do teach us about pop culture history about um academic pop culture all of this stuff but because that exists as the good thing on tiktok people can watch these videos and think it's the same thing does that make sense
2: yeah they think that that they can treat it all one and the same
1: yeah and because it's like speculation yeah and like it's digging deeper it kind of isn't seen as like scummy tabloid journalism which is what it is really
2: well it's like opinion versus research or versus theory yeah that's that's the big difference but it kind of all blends into one
1: I don't even think it's opinion I think it's like what's the word like for shock factor it's yeah it's like engagement baiting which we've talked about before but it's like it's not that these people I don't know I mean I feel like you'd have to be how many people do you think actually believe that like Britney is a clone or whatever maybe more than we think but mm,
2: maybe <laughs> <laughs> let's do a let's do a poll
1: <laughs> yeah. um, but, it just feels like they're saying the most outlandish things to have a voice in the situation rather than because it's warranted or needed.
2: Yeah, like, Britney's not a cardboard cutout. But and then I do think that she doesn't help herself because other videos that she does post are genuinely like, what the hell is going on here? Not that she doesn't help herself, but I think that's just a case of like her like maybe not just like posting whatever she wants, like all the naked pictures and stuff. And then that makes people want to read into it more because it's so unhinged.
1: Hmm. But it's like, it's kind of just like this grotesque fascination with it, because I feel like if people sat with that, right, okay, so I'm sure we all have friends here that like continuously shitpost and are like posting every single thing of their lives. Like they post themselves crying, they post themselves screaming, they post themselves on the toilet, they post their breakdowns. It kind of ties into what we were talking about last week about that girl like screaming on TikTok about finding her boyfriend's porn folder like we all have friends that like really overshare online but when there are friends or people that we know or like people that aren't famous we can just go well they're obviously having a bad time Mm. (laughs) they're obviously having a bad time it's probably not the most like well thought out behavior it's definitely not socially acceptable but should they really be like ostracized for it whereas with britney we can go Blah, 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 which she needs to be committed again and like all this kind of stuff. It's the same with like loads of other public figures. Where we-
0: hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: I don't really know how to talk about like severe mental health that goes beyond depression and anxiety. Because yeah. she does have bipolar, doesn't she?
2: Yeah, and she's definitely, I mean, you would be so traumatized after everything that she's been through. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess because you don't know her personally, you don't know her day to day, you just see this one naked picture and you're like, oh my God, she's lost the plot.
1: I also just think, yeah, so weird how quickly the tide has turned on that because when she was first posting like naked pictures, everyone was like, yeah, slay, queen. And now everyone's like, she's a deeply troubled woman. And it's like, it's really embarrassing for our generation how quickly we can fall back into that mindset of like our parents or our parents' parents where we see one thing and are like, or a few things that don't like gel with how we expect people to behave online or off and we're like, mm, no.
2: They're wrong." Do you know what I mean? Yeah. She's not right. I just think like Britney, she can't even go for a meal without it being completely picked apart for days. Mm-hmm. Like free Britney was allow her to be fr- was was supposed to allow her to be free, not to give the public like free access to her life and treat and like think that we deserve unrestricted access to her.
1: I think what's also so dark about this situation and loads of others, right, is because obviously when this came around the first time with like Amy and Brittany and the first time and Lizzie Lohan and whoever, we didn't have the like cultural language to talk about mental health or to talk about like any of those things. No. But now we do. So these TikToks are also cloaked info concerns. So they're like, is Brittany Blah, blah 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 is she off lithium we're praying for her we're hoping the best for her but it's still the exact same like really deeply exploitative messaging but just like wrapped in pretty
2: mental health bubble wrap yeah hashtag be kind yeah because you like you said we didn't obviously people fucking knew about mental health and stuff the first time I went with Amy Winehouse but people weren't really having these conversations as openly mm-hmm. or uh, it didn't really. I guess the online sphere that we have now didn't really exist back then either. Yeah. but yeah, people weren't really chatting about this kind of stuff. I
1: thought the article you put in, what, what was it? Um, the article about like celebrity culture being how mundane gossip c-
2: took over the internet was really interesting. John, mm-hmm. talk about it. Yeah, so that was how mundane gossip took over the internet. The thing that made me laugh loads was that. So online gossip coincides with the frightening, frighteningly deranged trend of spying and snooping on others. So annoyed at online strangers commenting on his muffin consumption. Comedian Stuart Lee once described Twitter as a state surveillance agency staffed by gullible volunteers. I just love the thought of like him maybe eating like two muffins and someone doing a tweet <laughs> just saw Stuart Lee eating two muffins. lol, and he's just seen that and flipped. But it's true. It's like states. Like I think you could be like, oh my god, just saw this person in the street. Just what this. Pa- just what passed this person in the street. Um. And everyone's everyone's at it. So that he said that like nine years ago, um, and now obviously we've got all these gossip sites that actively encourage users to to do that and send stuff in, and the more banal, the better. But I think that there was a really good point in it that all the best mate friendliness and the increase of like relatable influencer culture, which didn't exist nine years ago, really mm-hmm. um, hasn't really done anything to dismantle the structures of fame just means that celebrities have become a lot less interesting because they're trying to be they probably cover stuff up better now and they're trying to be everyone's best mate so people are responding in the same way that the tabloids did before with like deranged intrusive gossip because people maybe want to make stuff up like with the miley thing they want to make something out of nothing because miley isn't twerking on stage doing crazy things anymore so they're like Mm -hmm. how can we how can we continue the conversation let's just make sure
1: how can we make a story here
2: yeah Um, yeah yeah. i think
1: what's so interesting is we are kind of beginning to see a like split in celebrities that understand this and build it into their like quote-unquote marketing and celebrities that don't but like for example i don't really think at this point britney is trying to market herself any such which way because she's not working really is she and she probably kind of like recover Mm. from like the majority of her life being under this conservatorship but alongside that which is where it gets it gets confusing is like we do have other celebrities like the kardashians or like whoever that do try and execute viral moments if that Mm. makes sense
2: yeah they really do
1: and like controversy like with kim it's just been like reported that kim kardashian has bought princess diana's one of her necklaces yeah um and stuff like that but then that gets even more complicated when now all the kids have TikTok and it's like how much are they orchestrating the kids or not which is probably none but they also probably just seize the moment if that makes sense yeah
2: I mean I don't like why the kids on TikTok because they're kids it's weird but like they're not just kids they're not just normal kids Mm, yeah but like
1: Peter Andre and Katie Price's kids were on Instagram when they were like 12, do you remember all those pictures of Princess Tiami or whatever she's called yeah, I love wearing like a full face
2: yeah yeah but that, you're not treating them like kids what do you mean? like you're you're using them as like a cog in your machine
1: mm, you in your think?
2: content machine of course they fucking are mm. yeah like I know that you, you should just let kids be kids and if they want to post on TikTok you should let them post on TikTok because all their friends are posting on TikTok but they're not just kids at the end of the day. The fucking microscope is on those... Microscope? Yeah. Is on those kids.
1: Well, that's the thing. It could also go, like... Magnifying I, glass,
2: not microscope.
1: I mean, it's both. Both do the same thing. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, like, I feel not to, like, wish... I don't wish poorly on any of the Kardashian children, but there is still, obviously, huge question marks over how children that grow up under fame like develop and then handle that and I hope they all grow up to be well-rounded human beings but like Britney was a child star, Amanda Bynes was a child star, like all of these people were child stars and you know it didn't treat them kindly and if we're entering another era of this kind of no restrictions reporting and it's not even reporting because like I don't want to call TikTok posters reporters on this then are the kids going to be okay? Because I know if, if I was like North and then I did a TikTok dressing up as my dad, regardless of whether my mum asked me to or not, and then I got told at school or whatever about all the people literally, like millions of people talking about it and ripping into it,
2: yeah.
1: I'd probably have a mental breakdown on the spot.
2: Let's just be honest now, they're all going to be fucked in their head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think there's any denying that, like... Because they don't have any perception of the real world. Mm. Because they live in a fucking house where all the staff have separate corridors that they all go down. They don't have to associate with anyone that's not from their world. This is a different conversation though.
1: (laughs) No, but I think it does tie in because I I feel as though a lot of these, like a lot of people think celebrities are free reign because they are immensely privileged in terms of money, Mm -hmm. status, wealth. And fame but i don't agree with like a cultural shift that just lets them like lets us open fire on
2: them do you know what i mean no i don't agree either i think that it's cruel and it's it's just like sheer luck like it's it's just it's not britney's fault that she's been famous since she was like a child Mm -hmm. but her perception of reality is going to be so much different than ours and i don't really know what my point is but I do agree that we shouldn't, it shouldn't be free reign to just open fire on them.
1: Another thing, another point to this is, is that like, for example, a lot with the Nepo baby era that we are in and like a lot of the rising stars being people's children, like Maya Hawk, like whoever, 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 these people are a lot more put together than for example, like Britney, Amy Winehouse, people that didn't come out of famous families that were like, Mm -hmm. became famous, maybe were supporting their family, blah 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 and therefore like there's none of the infrastructure to deal with it because I'm sure for example the Kardashians have like excellent infrastructure to cope with the levels of fame that mm-hmm. they have reached like they have gated communities they probably have like so many therapists like North and all the kids are probably in therapy already like yeah, I know Kim has spoken before about how like for, the school does have a blanket ban on talking about Kanye and that's something that like Kim can control because she's mm. Lived and grown up under fame essentially. Yeah. Whereas a lot of these like younger stars that are now in their like late 30s, 40s that have been grappling with issues for like the whole of their adult life because of fame didn't have that infrastructure.
2: Yeah. They've just kind of come from nothing. The rags to riches story.
1: Yeah. But we need to break it. And it's so like we thought it was broken. When we were, like, 18, after mm. Amy Winehouse died, we thought that was, like, it. And now it's so, like, it's creeping back in.
2: Yeah. And now they're um, fucking making a horrific biopic about Amy Winehouse. I know. Let her rest. I know. Horrendous. And it's fucking directed by Sam... Sam Taylor Johnson. Taylor Johnson. Boo! Boo! <laughs> leave Amy alone. Leave Britney alone. And leave Aaron Johnson alone. It's true. Mm. Mm. Um. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I can't. Remember what I was gonna say?
1: <laughs> Go on, round. Well, do you wanna end with talking about the panopticon that you brought up?
2: Oh yeah, I love the panopticon. This is just like a little, little bit of, like background theory, which I think is very relevant to this conversation, especially the bit where the um the guy that worked for the Britney security surveillance team. Said that it reminded me of someone that was in prison, and the security was put in a position to be this, the prison guards, essentially. So, the panopticon is a theory, it's not a theory, it's like it was an actual building as well. They, they built them, which is a type of institutional building and a system of control designed by philosopher and social theorist Jeremy Bentham in the 18th century. Um, so, the concept of the design is that it's a prison with a prison guard tower in the middle, which allows all prisoners to be observed by one security guard. But the inmates can't tell they're being watched by this one security guard, but they could be being watched. So they are motivated to act as though they have been watched at all times. So then the inmates are compelled to regulate their own behaviour. So I think it's really interesting, especially in social media surveillance, that you could be being watched at any given moment. You could be like Britney just went for some food and she was being filmed and that made her uncomfortable and she tried to stop it. And then that was all posted online and it's turned into this massive spectacle. Like, the point is that I think that social media is the new panopticon because any anything could be you're 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 being observed at any given moment, and anything that you do could be put online and exploited or used against you.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I actually feel like um, it's more similar to the Stanford Prison Pro- Experiment. Mm. Do you know that one? Mm-hmm. A so classic. The Stanford Prison Experiment, if people don't know, was like where they got normal, like. I don't know how many people it was, but they got a group of normal people, people were randomly side guards or prisoners, and then the guards had to punish, surveil, blah, 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 the prisoners. And it was to see whether, what was even the point of it? I can't even remember.
2: I think they were all, they're all students, weren't they? So they were all the same age or similar age. And there was like 10 guards, 10 prisoners. It was just to see how people act when, they're, when someone's put in a position of power and someone isn't put in a position of power, when they were kind of on a level playing field before.
1: Yeah, and now it's like we're, or people on the internet are the guards, like that mm. are traumatising these celebrities. So basically, what I'm saying is because the guards don't see themselves as being people that were in a position of power because they perceive celebrities to have more power over them. Exactly.
2: But you're the one that's wielding power over them.
1: Exactly. And within three days of the Stanford Prison Experiment, they had to shut it down because. It went absolutely bloody bananas. It like. went
2: off the Richter scale, didn't it?
1: Yeah, and three of the people were completely traumatized. Like
2: <laughs> <Must> <laughs> imagine like going into like your like seminar like a week later being like, Sorry about last week, guys, just went a <laughs> bit <laughs> fucking crazy.
1: But- I wanna beat you guys sitting next to me yeah. <laughs> because you were you were a prisoner and I was a god. But yeah, I feel like we all assume positions of gods in this situation where we feel like we can exert power over these celebrities because traditionally they have a lot more power than us, but we're gonna find ourselves in a very very dark situation again very very quickly
2: yeah we're like oh my god look britney's over there let's torture her yeah basically literally uh that sounds a bit dramatic but i think that it's true like just fucking leave people alone yeah you don't need to get your picture with them it's kind of embarrassing as well to ask famous people for pictures sorry there i said it uh Like, just be cool. Like, if you see someone, just let, let them exist. Don't immediately fucking run to dewa and be like, oh, my God, I saw Nigella Lawson buying tampons. Nobody cares. <laughs> I actually
1: do love a good celeb spot, but I will never... Not reading it. Like, I love seeing it in the world. Do you know what
2: I mean? Yeah. Oh, my God, my friend saw Paul Breach in the street the other day. <gasps> yeah, you know, Paul Breach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With that, that's a a good good (laughs) spot. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Thank you, Eden.
2: Thanks, Ione.
1: Thank you to all the listeners. Thank you to Olivia for editing. To Gina, Gina, Charlotte, Grace, Hattie, and Misha. We will speak to you next week. Goodbye. Bye.